Well, we'll turn to Deuteronomy 33 again, and it's Moses as he blessed the children of Israel before he, he died. I don't know whether you've been noticing, but there's been a, a climate conference on the United Nations climate negotiators. They're facing an uphill battle to advance their goal of reducing emissions linked to global warming. But it was interesting, actually, uh, notice that Christiana Figures, she's the executive secretary of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. And she opened the conference in this place called Cancun, which is in Mexico. But when she opened it, she invoked the ancient jaguar goddess Ixchel in her opening statement to delegates gathered in Cancun, Mexico, noting that Ixchel was not only goddess of the moon, but also the goddess of reason, creativity, and weaving. May she inspire you, because today you are gathered in Cancun to weave together the elements of a solid response to climate change using both reason and creativity as your tools, she said. She was looking for a balanced outcome. She said, Excellencies, the goddess Ixchel would probably tell you that a tapestry is the result of the skillful interlacing of many threads. So she dedicated it to this Mayan Indian goddess. And they met to try and bash out a, an agreement. We saw on the television last night that they think they've got some form of an agreement. But you know, this, this uh, follows on the conference which was held in Copenhagen. And there's a, a chap called Lord Christopher Monckton who has held positions with the British government and in the press. And she's, he's there on behalf of people who are not just as convinced as many of the others of this climate change. And he says they've abandoned what they tried to do last year at Copenhagen, which was to impose a United Nations world government with unlimited powers to control all markets in the name of saving the planet. He referred to the Copenhagen Draft Treaty of the 15th of September, where at paragraph 38 of Annex 1, it was explicitly stated that a world government was their aim. And that failed, so they, are, they haven't forgotten what they, their intention is, but they have hidden it in a list of many documents. But their goal is the same, but they're going at it from a different angle. He said, there are many different documents reflecting those decisions, each of them hundreds of pages long. The climate, this is Lord Moncton saying this, there are lots of complicated acronyms. It's all clearly designed to conceal a bid by a small group of bureaucrats within the United Nations for absolute world dominion. 
and it's all going to happen sooner rather than later it would seem. So that's just something which is in the news at the moment. So let's turn to Deuteronomy 33 and we'll read from verse 8. And of Levi he said, Let thy Thummim and thy Urim be with thy Holy One, whom thou didst prove at Massa, and with whom thou didst strive at the waters of Mirabah, who said unto his father and to his mother, I have not seen him, neither did he acknowledge his brethren, nor knew his own children. For they have observed thy word and kept thy covenant. They shall teach Jacob thy judgments and Israel thy law. They shall put incense before thee and hold burnt sacrifice upon thy altar. This is just saying here what the Levites would do. They'll teach Jacob thy judgments and Israel thy law. They shall put incense before thee and whole burnt sacrifice upon thine altar. Bless, Lord, his substance, and accept the work of his hands. Smite through the loins of them that rise against him, and of them that hate him, that they rise not up. You know, Levi means joined, joined to. And that's interesting, actually. He was the third son of Jacob by Leah, the tribe descended from Levi, the Levites, especially set aside by God for his service, joined to God. What a wonderful privilege for the Levites to be set aside for the service of God. Joined to God for service, a priestly people. You know, it seems too obvious, I was thinking about this as I was preparing it, it seems too obvious to make the, this comment that we too are a priestly people. We're a, a royal priesthood. First Peter 2 verse 9, and we have been mentioning this on a few occasions just recently. But ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. A chosen generation. Look over at Numbers. Numbers chapter 3 and verse 12. God speaking. And he says, Behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel. God had set them aside for service for him, for to be joined to God in service. They were to be special, chosen by God for his service. But you know, we have been set aside for the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wrote, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, set aside, separated from the world, for it to be a service to him. 
First Peter 2 verse 5, Peter again saying, Ye also as lively stones were living stones and were built up into a spiritual house. And he says we're an holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We saw in that passage we read that the Levites were to teach thy judgments to Israel. And they shall offer burnt sacrifice upon thine altar. And we as Christians... When we're born again of the Spirit of God, we're recognized as priests and holy priesthood. To do what? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So we're a royal priesthood in the service of the King of Kings, but we're also a holy priesthood in the service of God. A priesthood which has been set apart, sanctified for to do the service of God. In Numbers 8 and verse 14, we have the similar thought. God speaking to Moses, he said, Thus shalt thou separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. We are the Lord's. We're his children. We're brought into his family. We've been built up into his church. We're living stones in a temple which is dwelt in by God. And you see, these Levites were separated and they handled the holy things in the service of the tabernacle. We too need to separate ourselves from the world, the unholy world. We need to be separate. So that we can carry on the, the, the service for an holy God. Numbers 18, 23. Again the same thought. The Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. They worked and offered sacrifices and did the work within the tabernacle. In Israel there was this priestly tribe. But you know, as we look at the New Testament and the New Covenant, the teaching is clear. All born-again believers are priests separated unto God for work in the service of God. We are a heavenly recognized priesthood. And this will surprise some people maybe. There are no other priests recognized by God. The only priests recognized by God in his service are born-again Christians, children of God, believers. We become priests. And then it says in that verse again, just going back to it, we're a peculiar people, a people for God's own possession. And so we have royal priests, holy priests, a separated people, a heavenly nation. Why? Why are we all these things? Well, Peter says, in order that we should show forth the excellencies of him 
the Lord Jesus Christ, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. That's why he wants us to be priests, to be holy, to be separate, to be a heavenly nation, in order to show forth the excellencies of the Lord Jesus Christ in this unholy world. Look at verse 8 of the passage in Deuteronomy 33. Let thy Thummim and thy Urim be with thy Holy One. We don't know an awful lot about what this actually means, the Urim and the Thummim. But I think if we, if we just go over to Exodus 28. Exodus 28. And in Exodus 28, we have a description of the, the uh, clothes that the high priest was to wear. And if you look at verse uh, 30 talks about this breastplate the breastplate says thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord and Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. Here we are this word continually again. We've mentioned it in the past few weeks that we the Lord Jesus Christ is before his Father for us continually. And Aaron, when he went in before the Lord as the high priest he wore this breastplate when he went in before the Lord continually. And we have a high priest in heaven who is before his Father on our behalf continually. Aaron bore the judgment of the people in connection with this Urim and Thummim. They were put in the breastplate of judgment. The, the, the two words means lights and perfections. We do not know what they looked like, we don't know who made them. We don't know of what material they were composed. But it says that they were put into the breastplate. There must have been two pockets in the breastplate. And they were put in there. Lights and perfections. You know we walk, before we become Christians, we walk in darkness. We cannot enter into the presence of God. We cannot, enter, we cannot have fellowship with God. Before we may stand before God, we need the light of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, to shine through us and in us. We may only come into the presence of God through the death of Christ and through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is through his death and through believing in him, then our imperfections our sins 
are cleansed in the cleansing blood of Calvary. And we come pleading the perfectness, the perfections of the sacrifice of Christ at Calvary. We have the light of the world coming into our lives and our imperfections are cleansed in the blood of Calvary and we claim the perfectness of the sacrifice of Christ at Calvary. A sacrifice which pleased a righteous and a holy God. Christ bearing our judgment, our presentation to God is according to the perfection of God himself. Our judgment has been borne by Christ. It was through then the high priest, by through the Urim and Thummim, the high priest inquired of God. And he had answers from God according to how the Urim and Thummim uh, answered. Don't pe- people don't really know how they, they operated. There have been various theories, but we're not told, so there's really not much point in speculating. All these things teach us how perfectly Christ, as the high priest, acts and cares for his people before the throne of God. If you go back to Exodus 28 again, and look at verse 15, we have there a description of the breastplate. If you want to read it, read it when you get home, because it goes on for quite a bit. But briefly, briefly, the breastplate had a golden framework, and it was secured by chains of gold, and connected, it would, it would seem, with shoulder pieces above. In the breastplate there were twelve different precious stones, on each of which the name of a tribe appeared. And thus Aaron was to bear the names of the children of Israel upon his heart. Exodus 28 and verse 29 says, And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart. When he goeth into the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. When he went in before the Lord, the names of the children of Israel, the tribes, they were on his heart. But you know, they were carried as much on his heart and also on his shoulders. And if we read just Hebrews 4, it will give us another thought on this. Of our Lord Jesus Christ going in before his Father. Seeing, it says, then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest 
which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, where we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who is touched by the feeling of our infirmities, we're on his heart. He feels for us. And he is before his Father in heaven. We are constantly on his heart. And he bears us up in his shoulders as well. Like the, the story of the lost sheep in Luke 15. When he had found us, he laid us on his shoulders, rejoicing. Our great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, has passed into the heavens through his own strength, through his own sacrifice of himself. But at the same time, his heart is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. How boldly then we may draw near to the throne of grace with confidence. The two words on the breastplate of judgment, light and perfection. These two words reflect the beauties of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is light and he is perfect. As we've said, and how they worked is, on, is not known. And it would appear that after the captivity in Babylon, they were apparently not used. They may have been lost or something. We don't know. The people, of course, had forsaken their God. And the priesthood had become corrupted. And so God appeared to act through particular prophets to whom he gave his word. And the, the, the use of the Urim and Thummim seem to, to, to cease there's an interesting passage actually in this respect if you go to 2nd Chronicles 2nd Chronicles 15 we read a, just a few verses here I thought this was a, an interesting passage and the spirit of the Lord came upon Azariah the son of Obed and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him hear ye me Asa and all Judah and Benjamin the Lord is with you while ye be with him and if ye seek him he will be found of you but if ye forsake him he will uh, forsake you fairly straight talking for a long season Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. They were in trouble. They had been for a long season without the true God, without a teaching priest and without law. And when they in their trouble did turn to the Lord... God of Israel and sought him he was found of them and in those times there was no peace 
to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. A nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Obed the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Things were bad. The people were without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. And it just struck me as I was reading this the way things are in our country today. Our country is without the true God. They have forsaken any semblance of Christianity which was in this country. And without a teaching priest and without law. And what is the situation in our country? It says, in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And I thought that just sums up the situation in our land today. In the British Isles we see vexations, we see people worried, we see people afraid, we see people anxious. One of the reasons is no true God in this land. We have paganism being recognised and all the rest of us as a true religion. We have the United Nations people going there and the, the dedication at the beginning of the, the, the conference is to a pagan goddess. Nation was destroyed of nation. It's happening in our world today. City of city. God did vex them with all adversity. The world's in a mess. And our land in particular. We had all those student riots. The heir to the throne being attacked. Vexations. People don't know what's happening. And one of the troubles is they're without a teaching priest. Now a teaching priest that word that they use for teaching there it all comes from a root of a word meaning an arrow an arrow, bone arrow it means speaking directly no room for moving slightly off course straight to the point going to the target and Israel was Without a teaching priest, one who was going to speak directly to the people, pointing out their errors, one who was not diverting to the left. An arrow which goes a bit to the right or a bit to the left is a useless arrow. It has to go straight to the target. And our country, our churches, our land is short of people 
men of God who will speak out and tell people the truth about their lives. But look what happened when this man, Azariah, the son of Obed, spoke. He spoke words, he, 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 said, he said things as they were, but he also said, Be strong therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And it gave Asa, who was the, the coming in as, as, as someone who wanted to do the work of the Lord, it gave him courage. And he put away all the abominable idols out of the land. And he renewed the altar of the Lord. And that's what people need to do today. They need to get rid of all the, the, the idols in their lives and in their churches and in the land. All these are abominable things which God cannot stand. And if we are prepared to speak out, people will perhaps get courage and do things on behalf of the Lord. People need to renew the altar of the Lord as Asa did. That was before the porch of the Lord. And going back to the Urim and Thurim, what seems certain is that by means of this inquiry might be made of God and answers received. And so that the dark points of Israel's history might have divine light shed upon it. And we want the divine light of the Lord Jesus Christ to shine upon our lives and through us on the lives of the people round about that the dark side of their lives may be exposed and the light of the world the Lord Jesus Christ to shine within them we read those passages in Hebrews but look at Hebrews 4 verse 12 for the word of God is quick and powerful like an arrow like this teaching priest that they were looking for. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him, with whom we have to do. God's word is like this arrow. This teaching priest that was needed in Israel. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. May the word of God be again heard in our land. In the times past with this Urim and Thurim. You know, there are many organizations today, if you're voting to get into them, they have a system of uh, black and white pebbles, and you put them in, and uh, if there's black pebbles in the, the bag, the, the guy won't get into the club or whatever it is. 
Lots are cast by means of black and white pebbles. White for positive and black for negative. Black was used in judgments quite often. The judge was going to, to, to pass a death sentence. He put on a black cap before he passed the death sentence. And the drawing of a white stone in olden days and even maybe in some places still today could mean a matter of life and death. You know, we have that verse in, in Revelation speaking of the church at Pergamos. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone. And in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving him that receiveth it. Given a white stone. Perhaps referring back to the Urim and Thummim. Christ is my Urim and Thummim. We used to sing. Christ is the answer to my every need. Christ is the answer. He is my friend indeed. Problems of life my spirit may assail. With Christ my Saviour I shall never fail. For Christ is the answer to my need. That's why they use these things, whatever they were, to get an answer from God. Well, Christ is my answer. He's the answer to my life's problems. He's the answer to your life's problems. He is our great high priest. He is light and perfection. He's the true high priest. He is the infallible Urim and Thummim. Through him alone we are assured of true guidance. He has passed this way before. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hebrews 2.17 Wherefore in all things it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted he is able to succor them that are tempted. We don't go to an alleged infallible pope we don't go to an earthly man ordained to some so-called earthly priestly orders. Nor indeed do we go to familiar spirits as is happening more and more these days. People want answers. We go to the one who is all the light and all the perfection that I need. Ephesians 4.16 Therefore let us come boldly into the th onto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in time of need. See, when we become Christians we also it says in 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. For those of us who have become Christians, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. 
He's come to dwell with you and me. And as we grow, we learn from Scripture. Hebrews 5.14 But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. He's, the writer's complaining that the people are still on milk. They haven't advanced in the service and work of the Lord. He says, Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Oh, may we become mature Christians in order to discern between good and evil. And I thought in closing, we are encouraged to ask of God. Listen to these verses. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. How blessed we are. The Israelites, with all their privileges, knew nothing of this. For we are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempests, the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more. But we have come to Jesus. I'd love to tell you what I think of Jesus, since I found in him a friend so strong and true. I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. All my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms around me and he led me in the way I ought to go. Every day he comes to me with new assurance. More and more I understand his words of love. But I never know just why he came to save me till some day I see his blessed face above. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. 
oh how much he cared for me.